0: good morning and peace be with you I want to take a moment here to thank you all uh, for your extravagant love for your prayers and for your gifts I am truly humbled um, by You all and um, your kindness to me and my family. And um, I've been here since I just checked this. I saw the first Sunday I came was in March in 2015. And uh, I am proud and grateful and thankful to be your pastor. Thank you very, very much. Uh, (laughs) Well, thank you for that too. I would like to direct you to the bulletin and the insert in the bulletin here. There is uh, a congregational meeting coming on the 16th. And also there is our regularly scheduled second Saturday of the month uh, council meeting, which is on the 9th. And I want to remind you of that. That happens every month, and there will be out there in the narthex the uh, balance sheets and budget sheets, and you are welcome to grab one, encouraged to grab one, take it home and look at it, and then come to the council meeting on the 9th and bring any questions that you might have that we might uh, help to uh, help you understand. Uh, so things are, are, are good. Um, and, uh, you know, this is uh, a time that we come together in, in gratefulness to the Lord for His provision. And it's a time where we come and communicate with any new thoughts and ideas for the coming year and missions and purpose. So please do come. Uh, take, a, take the balance sheet, read it, and then come if you have questions. And that is about it. I would also direct you to the rest of the things that are here. We got lunch with Pastor Ken this week. So that will happen on Wednesday and uh, bring a sack lunch, and we'll uh, visit and have a devotion and just uh, have a nice time together. So anyway, God bless us, and he has, and he will continue in this new year. And our opening hymn is, uh, "Come, let us worship."
1: and bow down and you before the Lord our maker come let us worship and bow down and you before the Lord our maker come let us worship and bow down and you before the worship and bow down, and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. He is our God, He is our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our Let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our God. He is our God. We are the sheep of His hand. Worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker.
0: We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well being of the church of God, And for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Help. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God. You have poured into our hearts the true light of your incarnate Word. Grant that this light may shine forth in our lives through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
2: Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the first book of Kings, chapter 3, verses 4 through 15. And this can be found on, your, on page 524 in your pew Bible. This is where Solomon was appointed king, uh, following King David um, to rule over the Israelites. David instructed Solomon to follow God's commands, walk in his ways, and that he will prosper if he does so. 1 Kings, chapter three, verses four through 15. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. The second reading this morning is taken from Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 119, beginning with the 97th verse. This is a praise um, that was given in the temple to God's majesty, probably by a priest. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me, and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. There I hate every wrong path. Okay, the epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, this can be found on page 1817 in the Pew Bible. As I said, this is a letter written by Paul during his two-year imprisonment in Rome, and he was writing to Christians in Ephesus and all the surrounding area, emphasizing unity in the Christian church, which is the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with the third verse. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading this morning comes to us from the book of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 40 through 52, and can be found on page 1592 in your Pew Bible. Luke 2, verses 40 through 52. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it, thinking that he was in their company. They traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this? "'Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you.' "'Why were you searching for me?' he asked. "'Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house?' But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Has anyone made any New Year's resolutions? Are there a few out there? Okay. I have, too. You want to hear him? You no, know, you're gonna. This year, this year, I resolve to be driven by money, to give in to my anger more often, to be a nastier human being than ever before. Further, I resolve to drink more, to eat more fried foods to smoke cigars, to watch more TV, and spend a whole lot more time on social media. I will exercise less. And I'm hoping to make this the laziest, least productive year ever. I resolve to save less and to spend more. I will make an effort to spend less time with my wife and my children. And instead, I resolve to devote every waking hour, every thought, and every care to me, myself, and I. If all goes as planned, I will be flat broke and never around. Finally some resolutions that I can keep. Of course, I hope that you would realize that I am not serious about these resolutions. Seriously, who, who would ever make that kind of resolution? That's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. Regardless of your geography, I expect that people all over the world are making resolutions this particular time of year with the intention of improving oneself. We resolve to do less of the bad and more of the good. It's a New year, it's a clean slate. And what better way to start the new year off than with a new and improved you? This being the case, it should come as no surprise that many Christians like to make resolutions involving A new and improved version of the self even if we don't make the typical resolutions involving diets and exercise and such we do tend to resolve to do things like the following we intend to read our Bibles more we intend to attend more Bible studies we intend to volunteer more, give more, etc., etc. We hope to resolve ourselves from old Adam into a new and improved Adam. Think of it as Adam 2.00 The new and improved version of Adam that is far more faithful and far less sinful. And you know what? That is a good thing. There's really nothing wrong with this. And I would hope that we all would recognize that the sin is staring back at us from the mirror when we look into it. And that we would want to do something about it. I certainly hope that you would want to bring about a positive and faithful change in your lives. That's part of what true repentance is. The about face. The turning from the sin and going on and sinning no more. But here's one thing that I really want to hit on today. Are you ready? Listen. Did you notice that even these very good and faithful repentant resolutions that they focus on ourselves inward? These resolutions are concerned about ourselves. And you can say, well, Pastor Sharp is a marble. Try as you may. You cannot resolve to change and improve the other guy. You can only worry about yourself, and you can only really affect change in yourself. In fact, the change has the potential to affect others and lead to change in others' lies, But true repentant change begins right here. Right there. And if you thought that, you'd be absolutely right. But what about God? When we get down to it, all of these Resolutions, as good as they are, are ultimately concerned with my will. What about thy will? What about God's will? That's really what the lessons that we heard today are all about, particularly the Old Testament lesson and the gospel lesson. These lessons are about trust, that is, trusting in God above all things, that is, trusting that God knows what he's doing, that he knows just the right time for all things to happen, even when it seems like it's the worst possible time for us. He knows just the right way for all things to happen so that they benefit all of those who love him and hold fast to him in repentant faith and trust. Even when it seems like his way is absolutely the worst possible, least desirable way, he knows. And I say all this first and foremost because, well, there's an awful lot of good sermon in the readings from this morning, from the Old Testament and also the gospel lesson. We could have a whole series, really, of sermons on the right and the wrong aspects of seeking God when and where he is found He is found right here in this holy house on his day of new creation and resurrection. So many people are seeking God. You know that. They're seeking Jesus. And they're seeking peace. And they're seeking those in the wrong places. You can hear the little boy Jesus You can hear his words sounding out when he asks, Why are you looking for me and my peace everywhere but here? Why aren't you looking here? Why isn't this the first and only place you would look for me, mom, dad, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Where else could he have been? He would say, where else would I be? Don't you know that, of course, I'd be in my father's house doing his will? Now, we could have a sermon on the aspect of growing in favor of God as well. Growing in favor of God and man, perhaps the aspect of being a faithful god pleasing man while at the, si- at the same time being a good and faithful spouse parent child student employee voter parishioner elder supervisor and or citizen we could also spend a great deal of time on the tragic fact that such twofold favor is exceedingly rare and all but impossible in this culture that basically celebrates hedonism and the pursuit of whatever makes you happy. As the old saying goes, you can please some of the people, some of the time, and even all of the people, some of the time, but you will never Ever please all of the people all of the time. And this is true of life with our fellow Adams and Eves. And it's especially true of life as a Christian in a world full of fellow Adams and Eves. We can please the old Adam sometimes and we can please God sometimes, but rarely, if ever, are we able to please God and Adam at the same time. It often comes down to pleasing one or the other, but not both. You're going to have to pick sides, and such a decision has eternal ramifications. We could talk about all of these things, but in the end, we'd keep coming back to the central issue, and that is of trust in God for all things. Trust in his good and his gracious will. Now, that's exactly what Solomon asked for when God gave him the opportunity To ask for whatever he wanted. Solomon didn't ask for the things that we would have asked for. His request didn't sound at all like our resolutions. He didn't ask for more riches or more fame or a better body. Or a better job, or a better house, or anything like that. He simply asked God that God would grant him the ability to not only know his divine will, but also the ability to, well, the ability and willingness to follow it, and the ability and the willingness to trust that God was working all things for the good of his people. That's what he asked for. That is what the boy Jesus exemplified in the temple. Now, bear with me here, but people oftentimes make an assumption that because he caused such worry and such a ruckus, if you will, for his mom and his dad, that he sinned. Some people feel that that was sin. And because he was still a child, some people assume that his sin didn't count. And that is just not true. Jesus did not sin ever. Period. He simply did his Father's will, his heavenly Father's will, even if it meant that those closest to him in his earthly home were going to be upset and worried and not pleased with him and his choices. He trusted that his heavenly father knew what he was doing. He trusted that well he trusted and he did his father's will. He loved God more than man. And that my friends is what I want to ultimately direct you to as we begin another new year by God's good grace and God's good favor. What is that that you say, Pastor? Well, I say, I direct you to the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. I direct you to the place that is full of God's wrath against sin and also God's love for you. It's kind of like, well, X marks the spot. Here is Christ in awesome obedience to his Father's will. Here is Christ, his unconditional love for you. And I want you to think about all of this for a moment. This is God's plan for your salvation. You know, the plan that, well, I wouldn't do it that way. You've heard me say that. God's plan for your salvation. This is God's answer to your death sentence for sin. He kills his own son so that you can have the gift of life. Jesus Christ, as full God, knew this plan He knew. He wasn't caught by surprise or there wasn't a plot twist uh, on Good Friday. Jesus prayed this. Remember, not my will, but thy will be done. And then he did it. Then he obeyed. He willingly, humbly, and obediently conformed his life to the will of his heavenly Father. And I say all this because I am fully aware how life in this fallen and sinful world works. To me, it never ever seems to go as planned. If only we were in charge, right? You've heard me say that too. Boy, if I was in charge, things would be different. If only people did what we wanted, what we thought was best. If only things worked out the way we drew the plans up. But they don't, do they? And this year, 2021 won't be any different. Certain things won't go as you think they should. In fact, accolades will be given to people that you don't think deserve it. People who you think are deserving of praise and honor will not be celebrated or esteemed. And you will wonder if God, well, you're going to wonder if God knows the great injustices that are taking place. Can't you see this? Have you asked that? We'll find out that votes don't go our way that moves will or won't happen. We'll find that we'll be troubled because that's not how we drew up the game plan. Job loss, job change, or no change at all will happen. It will drive you nuts because you had hoped and you had planned differently. In fact, leaders, pastors included, they will stumble they will let you down. And there will be no shortage of armchair quarterbacking and opinions and complaints. There will be sickness and death. It will rear its ugly and unexpected head, either in your life or in the life of someone close to you, someone you feel that is not deserving of such misery and suffering. Financial situations will cause you grief and worry and anger and you'll say, why me, Lord? What have I done to deserve this? In short, your will won't be done and it will cause problems just like last year just like the year before, just like every year since the first day that our first father and our first mother fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Look here to the cross. Christ and him crucified. Look to him And only to Him. Here is your Father's good and gracious will for you and for all people. Here is your Father's answer to that which vexes you, that which gives you no peace, no joy, and no contentment. Here is the peace that surpasses all understanding. Here is the peace and joy and contentment that can only be known in the humility and the wisdom of saving faith. Jesus said, it is finished once and for all in Christ alone and because of Christ alone. You need to understand and I'm preaching to me too, we need to understand that we can't resolve to get this peace or joy or contentment. We can't say, I'm going to be happier and more peaceful. If I have more willpower and more resoluteness, that's not going to change. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to make it happen. Why? Because peace and joy and contentment is a gift from God, a free and unmerited gift that he wants nothing more than to give you now. He wants you to know, and he wants you to share with all of those in your life. And this is precisely why I cannot, nobody else can provide you with a list of helpful suggestions or resolutions for you to attempt to manufacture or produce peace in your own life. At best, such suggestions and resolutions would only serve to lead you away from Christ and into yourself. If it's to be, it's up to Yeah, no. Me, myself, and I, if you say that to yourself, I say it to myself, that is a place that we are guaranteed not to find God's peace in us. For out of the heart, the Bible says, comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Oh, nice. All such self-centered suggestions would only, at best, produce a false version of peace. A worldly, fleeting version that will last about as long as the average New Year's resolution. How long do they last? Really. They're here today, and they're gone tomorrow. My family in Christ, I need you to hear this. That right here, he's pointing at the cross again. Right here is the peace that surpasses all understanding. Here is the never-ending and eternal peace of Almighty God himself. That's just for you. This is God's will and plan and purpose and it's all for you. It's for your peace, your joy, and your contentment, and your salvation. X marks the spot. The way of the Christian is the way of Christ. And it's a way that necessarily included a cross. How many Truly faithful Christians, do you suppose, lost their lives to gladiators and lions while serving as the main event at the Roman Colosseum. Despite the hardships and the failures and the crosses that we may bear in this life, make no mistake, this is God's plan of salvation that is working in us and through us according to his timeline, even though his plan and his timing may sometimes cause us pain and suffering at the hands of the world, the world that stands in opposition to God and his plans. Remember this, that our crosses that are humbly born in faith can and do point others To the cross of Christ. And as we now enter into a truly new year, you feel free to make your resolutions. If you haven't already, it's okay. Try your very best, please, I will, to lose weight, to give up smoking, to read more, or whatever it is that you resolve to do or not do, this new year. However, as we enter into this new year as Christians who are called to daily live and proclaim the gospel promise of God in our daily lives, let's remember this timeline and whose plan that we are dealing with. Let us remember that God's plan of salvation for the entire world is not a simple resolution that may or may not come to fruition depending on what sort of mood that Abba, Father, God is in on a particular day. We know, we trust that God's plan is eternal. God's plan is unchanging and already accomplished in the person of Jesus Christ. It is finished. So remain humbly faithful to God's word and will in all that you say, in all that you think, and in all that you do. And God himself will take care of bringing his plan to fruition in his fullness of time. And may God grant you the grace, the perseverance, and the patience, to endure all this fallen and sinful world, everything that it has to throw at you in this new year, as you live out this day and every day as one who is completely redeemed, one who has been given, truly given, a clean slate in the blood of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. It's going to be okay. Stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Eternal Lord, in the fullness of time, You sent forth your Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us and give us the adoption as your sons and heirs. Hear us, Father, as we call to you in his name. Give us grace to rejoice in Christ's blessed incarnation and grant us a glad new year. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, From whom all fatherhood on earth is named, bless the families of all Christians with your promises. Give parents diligence and delight in their work, and grant your favor on all children that they may grow in strength and wisdom. Bless all widows, orphans, and broken families also with your mercy. And give them joy in the redemption that you have won for us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. O worthy judge, from you proceeds the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. Give wisdom to those who make, administer, and judge our laws. That they may serve faithfully in their tasks and according to your good pleasure for the benefit of all our people. Lord, in your mercy, gracious Lord, receive our prayers for those who suffer from loneliness. Comfort them with the sure and certain knowledge that they will never be forsaken by you. Give them family and friends within the household of faith, with whom they can find loving companionship. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, help the sick and suffering, especially those who desire our prayers. Surround them with your love in Christ, and according to your gracious will, heal them. Comfort all those who mourn, especially those that we name out loud right now. And fill their hearts with a certain hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, Father of lasting peace, show your mercy to those who receive this Lord's Supper this day that they would behold their salvation in the very body and blood of Christ given for them and with St. Simeon well prepared to depart in peace according to your word. Lord, in your mercy, it is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace, responsibly and at a distance. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things, Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. In the wonder and mystery of the Word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory, that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup And he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the feast, the feast of the Lamb, the wedding feast, the bride of Christ for you, given for you, his body, his blood for you. It is finished. And it wasn't a plan that we would have, we would have made up. But it's God's plan and it's perfect. And it's for you now. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you up.
3: Just to.
0: Not my will, but thy will. Amen? Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is, I love to tell the story,
4: I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story. Because I know tis true It satisfies my longings As nothing else can do I love to tell the story I love to tell the story For those who know it best
0: go forth and serve the Lord.